morning. Thank you to see y'all. If you don't know me, my name is Fontes Hill. I'm the youth pastor here at COS. And I'm pumped. Oh, snap. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Y'all are a lot more lively than the first service. It, God moved powerfully, but yeah, yeah. It's always switches. Sometimes the nine is like after it, and sometimes the 11 is dead because y'all. And then the other times, the 11, they got their sleep in, and then the nine o'clock is still getting coffee. So uh, it switched today. So let's see what the Lord has in store. So uh, this is part four of uh, Filled with the Spirit. The first was Pastor Steve. He taught on our assurance of salvation, the gospel. And then Bill Reeser came up, and he taught on the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And then last week, if you were here, Miles, he preached on uh, the witness of the Holy Spirit in our lives and the gifts of the Spirit. And then uh, they got some random guy from the street corner to come up today, and he's doing... So uh, we got part four today, and then there's actually another part next week that's going to be really powerful. So go to Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. The title is called Love That Passes Knowledge. And I want to give you some background before we dive into this so that you know where I'm coming from. I grew up in western Kentucky. I'm originally from Springfield, Illinois, uh, but I got adopted by my aunt and got to western Kentucky. Anyone know where Paducah is at? All right, so I lived in Ballard County, Kentucky. Usually whenever I say Ballard, people are like, yeah, Louisville. And I'm like, no, 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 the, the, the country Ballard. So um, I was adopted by my aunt, and I didn't really grow up in a very academic family, uh, but I had perfect attendance. They made sure that my brother and I were going to school. So is there anyone, you're a mediocre student, but you got perfect attendance? You don't got to raise your hand. Oh, someone raised <laughs> That was me too. So uh, I had perfect attendance. Um, however, I was the first to graduate with a bachelor's degree. Uh, I did psychology at Campbell's University and then later graduated with a master's degree in theology. And in 2016, or I think it was actually uh, 2018, 2019, I began teaching classes at the university at the Harrisburg campus, Old Testament, New Testament, and Christ and Culture. And we also had a program called Church Outreach, where we would send different students out to different churches every week. And they would preach, they would share their testimony, they would lead in worship, we'd do VBSs, we'd do D-Nows. And we went to so many different denominational churches. I discovered what a cowboy church was. Does anyone know what that is? All right. So we went to cowboy churches, Catholic churches, Pentecostal churches. Uh, I learned about all the different denominations within the denominations, you know, Assemblies of God, Assemblies of Pentecostal Holiness, all that stuff. And then you got the Baptist, First Baptist, Second Baptist. There might be a third. I don't know. Uh, Independent Baptist, Southern Baptist, Bible Baptist. And then you got Methodist, right? Presbyterian, Cumberland Presbyterian, like all these different denominations. We just went and they uh, invited us and welcomed us. And Church of the Savior is a non-denominational church, which I absolutely love uh, because it's just how church was born, right? There was no denomination, and then man started creating them. So they're not wrong. It's just um, Christ is the center. Amen. So I want to say, having been to all these different churches, is that you're at a really good one. Uh, You know, being at cowboy churches and all these other ones, uh, I want to say that I honor Pastor Steve and the leadership here. And you guys should be grateful to be in this house. Amen? Yeah, you should. How about we pray again, and then we'll dive into the scripture and just go after what the Lord has. God, we exalt you. 
Lord, we love you. I thank you so much for who you are, uh, what you're doing in our midst. But even more than that, God, I pray that you would just reveal yourself and manifest yourself in us, to us, and through us. Holy Spirit, come, take over, do whatever you want. Have your way in us, Lord, and through us. In Jesus' name I pray, Lord, we exalt you. Amen. All right, let's read Ephesians 3. Oh, there we go. Ephesians three fourteen through 21. Uh, this is actually my passage for the year. It says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, as the Holy Spirit inside of you, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the wit and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, a few months ago, I'm going to tell you this story. I was in a Bible study. It was the Youth Wednesday Night Bible Study. And we were meeting at the Elgato's house, Lincoln and Brittany's, off campus. And I shared the scripture and I said, knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. And I actually had a student challenge me. He said, the Bible don't say that. And I said, no, for real, it says it. Knowledge knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. He's like, no, I don't believe you. No, I don't. And I said, all right, let's just go to the scriptures. So who, who, who in here does this? If I don't know exactly where it's at, sometimes we can quote scripture, but sometimes we just said, the Bible says this, and we don't know exactly where it's at. I'll Google it. Anyone else do that? Right? Yeah. Okay. So we go to Google, type in, knowledge puffs up, love edifies. Sure enough, this is what, uh, this is what it pulls up. 1 Corinthians 8, 1 through 3, we read it together. Now concerning things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. And this, this is just an addition. This is really cool. And then it says, and if anyone thinks he knows anything, he knows nothing, yet as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, this one is known by God. It's really cool. I feel the joy of the Lord. So... Um, Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. And we're going to camp in Ephesians three nineteen, which is to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge, that you'll be filled with all the fullness of God. Does anyone have a verse or like a scripture passage for the year? I, n- I, never, I never had that until this year. Apparently, Pastor Steve tells us to have a, a verse for the year. And the almost three years I've been here, I just, it just went right over my head. So uh, this year, I got the memo, and I thought, let's see if the Lord gives me, uh, uh, you know, scripture because usually I have a word for the year and this year my word is believe just getting back to the fundamentals the basics of what the scripture says believe it and do it and then he gave me uh, Ephesians three fourteen through 21 which that you know 20 through 21 deals with believe him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or think so we're going to camp out in verse 19 though to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge and then I'm going to hit the latter part of that, that you be filled with all the fullness of God. There's a difference in the knowledge of God versus knowledge about God. Has anyone ever heard this before? Yeah? 
All right, you can talk back to me. So the difference between the knowledge of God versus the knowledge about God is relationship versus religion. Let me share some definitions. So the knowledge about God is whenever we study information about the ways and the deity of who Yahweh is. This is actually really still important because this is where we get the term theology from, which means the study of God. So it's still important to study about God, to know about God, to know the ways of God so that you can get a broader understanding of, again, the the ways and who Yahweh is. And then you got the knowledge of God, which is God continuously revealing himself to you so that you can truly know him and serve him and obey him. So you got the knowledge of God, which is that personal relationship with God. You actually know him. And then you got the knowledge about God, which atheists know a lot about God, but they don't really know him. Right. So, again, both very important, but what's more important is that you would know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge about God. And that, the, the reason why it's so important to me was in 2017, I had a spiritual awakening. Has it, anyone ever been through that? It's like you got saved once from the world, you know, belonging to Satan, and then you got saved from religion. All right. The ones who laugh and they get it. The other ones may be still stuck there. I'm kidding. All right. So... <laughs> Uh, I didn't know. This is I'm telling you, this is very different from the first service. Um, but <laughs> so in 2017, um, I remember studying um, Mark Cahill. He was Charles Barkley's roommate in college. He came to FCA camp, taught about apologetics, and it was really amazing. Uh, but I was still lukewarm. And then I remember, you know, getting a master's of theology degree uh, later, and I learned a lot about like church planning in my degree and because it was a Baptist college, the Baptist history and heritage, and uh, all these different things about theology. Uh, but I was still lukewarm. And it wasn't until I encountered the, the, the truth, as in like the love of God, because truth is a person, it's Jesus. So I was bound to certain sins, and there was one that was just a stronghold in my life, like a huge struggle. And I remember after committing this certain sin, I'm sitting here, and I'm actually crying in my um, at my desk, I had a desk in my room whenever I was living in Camelsville. And I'm crying out to God, repenting, asking God for forgiveness. And then I go into this vision. I see Jesus on the cross. I didn't know it was a vision. It was like daydreaming. It was a closed vision. If you guys know what I mean, it's like you see it in your mind's eye, right? So I see Jesus on the cross, and he passionately cries out, I'm doing this because I love you. Because uh, there was a guy who cried out, again, in the vision, like, why are you even doing this? And he said, don't you get it? It's because I love you. So after that, someone texts me, a friend, and they say, we're having a Bible study. You should come over. I say, all right, cool. I'll come over. And I, sometimes I, I was very immature in my faith. Um, I knew, again, a lot about God and I had a personal relationship with God. But it really wasn't that deep. And I really wanted to please God. So whenever I heard Bible study, I thought it was like, you know, actually studying the Bible. And uh, that is Bible study, but there's also times where you watch videos and stuff. So anyways, we get there, and uh, we watch this video, and it was a YouTube video of a conference called Power and Love, and the guy that was preaching was a guy named Dan Moeller. And he'll actually be here this week at a King's Church uh, doing a conference. If you guys want to check that out, Brandon Gatson would be proud that I plugged that in for you. So um, I'm watching this video, and it's this this guy with white hair, but with a young voice, if you've ever heard Dan Muller, and just so full of love, so full of just character, wisdom, joy, 
And he says two things that I remember. And it was healing and this phrase that God loves living inside of me. Whenever he mentioned healing, I thought, oh, because he started talking about examples. This stuff is for today. Because I grew up, I remember reading the book of Acts. And I, and I was raised in a Baptist church, but it was kind of like a mixture of Baptocostal. But I just thought like that was the preacher that was really cool that would do, you know, those spiritual things. I didn't know it was for like his saints, the bride of Christ. So I, when it, whenever he was talking about healing, I thought, I'm in the wrong generation, right? Because the book of Acts, they have all these miracle signs and wonders and stuff. And and, and I, I, I want that, you know, because I'm all about like superhero. Like Lindsay loves Spider-Man. I love Thor. Iron Man and Batman, they rely on their gadgets. I'm not that big of a fan of them. Sorry if you are. Um, so anyways, I just always loved the supernatural culture, but I thought it was just something in the book of Acts. And then he started mentioning healing, and I thought, oh, okay, like, you know, I'm curious. And then whenever he said, God loves living inside of me, I went into another vision. And again, I didn't have the terminology at this time. I just started getting imagery, and I thought, like, okay, this is what I'm seeing in my head. And what it was, was this old house I used to live in, and then we had roaches everywhere, and it was just really filthy. And what God was showing me was that that's how the Holy Spirit feels living inside of you. And his name is Comforter, but he was feeling uncomfortable, because our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And I don't want to say that out of condemnation, because the Lord can speak to some of us a little stronger. What it was, it wasn't condemnation, it was invitation into holiness and righteousness and a deeper um, relationship with him. So I see this vision, and Dan Muller is like, God loves living inside of me, and he's not talking out of condescending, arrogance, or pride or anything. He's just talking about confidence and his identity who he is. And so when he says that, again, I go into this vision, and I'm thinking, does God love living inside of me? And it sent me on this journey, and my life change has never been the same, and I would watch these videos uh, because the Bible study was kind of off and on. And I would watch these videos of a guy named Dan Moeller and Todd White and Bob Hazlett and, uh, you know, these folks. And, and they would just teach on identity, uh, teach on righteousness and unholiness and purity and power and love. And just the full gospel right there. And I remember binge watching these videos till like 3 a.m. I have to go to work the next morning. Until one day, I was just so consumed by this to where I didn't do this out of obligation, but I, I said, like, okay, I got to experience uh, this. And again, it wasn't like, let me go try it out. It was, who, who's been here before? It's like, I, I have to tell somebody. I got to do something. So, you know, I get out of my apartment at Camelsville, the dorm apartment, and I'm knocking on doors. I'm going to Walmart, taking friends with me. Like, you know, let's just go. And I love on people. And I remember I would, like, chase people down in wheelchairs and stuff and pray for them, and nothing would happen. And But still, just, you know, God loves you, and just still just going after it. Uh, j- j- just because, like, this was the gospel. This was the good news, just to go and receive the love of God and give the love of God. Freely you receive, freely you give. And the reason why this is so important, and my wife, she ended up catching the fire. She grew up independent Baptist, no drums in the church, hymns only. You can't raise your hand. So some of you guys who were worshiping, uh, you would be banned. No, but um, just, you know, that, that type of thing. And then whenever she saw what was going on in my life, uh, she caught the fire. And the more we fell in love with God, uh, the more we fell in love with each other. So if there's anyone looking for a spouse, that's the way to do it. You fall more in love with God, 
And uh, as you guys grow towards him, you go towards each other. That's the best way to go about it. So um, why is this important? In John 8, 32, it says, you shall know the truth. And let's say it together. And the truth shall set you free. The truth is a person. And what's his name? Jesus. Exactly. So it was like I was knowing a lot about the truth. I had a relationship with the truth. But I didn't intimately know him and know that he has the power to set me free. And it wasn't until I got fed up with my sin and I really wanted to please him. I think, and hear me correctly, I think sometimes we tolerate and we play with our sin. We're like, it's all right. It, it's, it's okay. And that's how I grew up. It, it, it was, you know, God forgives you. He loves you. His mercy covers all. His grace is going to continue, you know, you're just a low down dirty sinner. You're just going to continue to sin pretty much. Uh, but God is good, right? So, uh, it was just this defeated gospel, uh, just continue to struggle, 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 struggle. And in Galatians five sixteen, it says, if you walk by the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And I think so many times we get ourselves into, I'm going to stop and do better. I'm going to stop and do better. I'm going to stop and do better. Who's been in this cycle? All right. I'm going to stop and do better. But God's perspective is, if you actually just abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. If you walk in the spirit, you'll stop having to desire for the lust of the flesh. And it flipped the switch on me. So the more I started learning about truth and encountering the truth, I had less of a desire for the wicked. And so maybe someone needs to be set free in that way today is you're struggling and you're going through the same old thing over and over and over and over and over again. And I say, fall in love with Jesus and he'll set you free. Because where the Son, who the Son sets free, is truly free indeed. Uh, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So you've got to make him Lord, not just Savior, but also Lord, King and Ruler, who has all authority to set you free in your life. So I, I will say, I don't say this as just a biblical text, but I say this as some person who's been through this and experienced this, that there's true deliverance and there's freedom because God set the captives free. Well, no matter what you're going through, is you get tired, you get fed up with your sin, and you get to a place where you say, God, I want to please you no matter what it takes, no matter what it looks like. In the fear of the Lord, then he comes and he embraces you and he walks with you and he takes you through a journey of healing and hope. Amen? All right. So that latter portion of Ephesians 3.19, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Here's the question is, what is the fullness of God? Whenever I first read this, my mind started just, you know, doing that whole thing. Think about the, the mind-blowing emoji where it has the explosion on the top of the head. So I'm thinking, you know, this is my passage for the year. I get to this point that you would be filled with all the fullness of God. What in the world does that mean? Ponder this with me. We're human beings, and God is much bigger than us. But we can be filled with the fullness. So Paul, the Apostle Paul, is writing to the church in Ephesus, and he says, I pray that you would know the love of Christ and that you be filled with all the fullness of God. That sounds pretty extraordinary. And this whole year, so we're seven months into 2023, I've been just pondering this, not even really honestly searching what this means, but just having that thought of what does it mean to be filled with all the fullness of God? And it's really simple. It wasn't until I started preparing for this message that God revealed it to me. You know, and also I think it's in Ephesians, Paul writes that you would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation 
You know what the other part of that says? And the knowledge of who? Jesus Christ. So that you would have the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Anytime there's a revelation, it's typically going to tie back to Jesus. So this same thing, I realized, oh, that's what it's talking about. I had this thought that just crossed my mind. And again, did the whole Google thing. And I thought, isn't there a Bible verse that says something about the fullness of God dwells in Jesus Christ, something like that? So I typed it in, and sure enough, Colossians 2, 8 through 10, it says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him, in who? All right, very good. Dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. That's a very important part. Who is the head of all principality and power? Talking about like he's over that. It's under his feet. So you're complete in him. And if you're complete in him and the fullness of God in bodily form, which is Jesus Christ, is our Lord and Savior, then what that was saying, that you'd be filled with all the fullness of God, is that simply you'd be more like Jesus. So it, in, the, in the moment, it wasn't all that profound, but again, it was like, oh, it's, it's, it's all about him. It's all, it always ties back to how can we be more like Jesus? And think of this. This is, this is going to, some of y'all are going to be overwhelmed, but you got Jesus Christ, who's an apostle, uh, which apostle actually just means to be sent out. So he was sent from above. He was sent from heaven, sent from the Father so that he can come to earth to reveal the Father. So he was the apostle who made apostles, and he was a perfect pro- uh, prophet. Even the Muslims believe that Jesus was a real person, and he was a really good prophet. Everything that he said came to pass. He was a great evangelist. He had multitudes following him, but also he was that person that would lead the 99 and go after the one. He had a heart to win souls. He was a pastor. Remember, he was called the good shepherd. So he lays his life down for his sheep. And then you got... Uh, Jesus as a teacher, and this is probably the, not sorry, I don't know why I said probably, he is the greatest person to exemplify wisdom on the earth, even greater than Solomon, and has so much knowledge and wisdom from above, he knows everything, and he taught, and then he possessed every spiritual gift, so you got 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, and of course those five up there, Ephesians 4, every single gift that you can think about in the Bible, every spiritual gift he possessed and he um, displayed. And then all nine fruit of the Spirit, which I didn't even know that was a child song, but, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, that whole thing, whoever knows it can sing it. So you got Jesus, the fivefold ministry given to us, right, but it's all in him. You got every gift of the Spirit he was able to display, and all nine fruit of the Spirit, and much more. It's probably not even listed up there. So here's my question as I'm thinking about this. All the fullness of God in bodily form is Jesus Christ, and we're complete in him and that we'd be filled with all the fullness of God. How are we supposed to do that? <laughs> how, how in the world are we supposed to do all these things? Uh, and, 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 and I know you're thinking the same thing, like, well, you're not. And, and you're right, like, the goal isn't to get all these badges, right? Like, the goal uh, at the end of the day isn't to have all these badges on your coat and be like, God, I made it to heaven. You see, I got, I got the apostle. And uh, no, like, the goal is to be obedient to him and to finish his will, whatever it is for your life. But I also want to say this, and hear me out whenever I say it. Don't run out of here thinking this is heresy. It's already in you. All right? 
Some of y'all are like, you know, I don't believe you. I can show you the scripture. So <laughs> just like the kid, uh, we just showed you if you're complete in him and he is the fullness of God and the fullness of God is in you. It's just that the same spirit that distributes these different gifts distributes them in different measures and distributes them uh, whenever he needs to pull out your unique calling for your life. So Carrie and Luke, y'all can come out here. Um, it's like the word revelation. Who's ever heard, right, the book of Revelation? Okay. What it simply means is an uncovering or an unveiling. Whenever something is revealed, it's like you, you it was right in front of you, but you never saw it type thing. It, it was uncovered and it was unveiled. So I'm going to do a demonstration uh, Luke said he liked it. It worked really well in the first service. So let's see how it works here. I need someone who wants a free shirt that can fit into a medium. In the back. Come up here. Yeah, I saw your... Is that Favor? Who is that? I can't see it. Yeah, come up. Come, 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 come. All right. So she was the first one. That was a fast hand. All right. What's your name? East? Sorry. Peace. Come on. You better get up here. Walk in peace. And that's passes understanding. So... All right, so what you're going to do is turn that way, and do not look back. Just let them clothe you in righteousness. So they're going to put this shirt on you. Oh, are you allergic to oatmeal? Okay, good. (laughs) So I was going to use cereal, but I forgot to bring it, and they said they had some oatmeal downstairs. So um, you can take a bite if you throw up. I'm glad your parents are here. They can help you out. So, um, but yeah, we, we, we will need you to, well, I mean, you don't have to. So, we got some oatmeal, and it's quite sticky, um, and peace has just been, give it up for Carrie and Luke, our angels, right? <laughs> All right, so we, we, we got the, the angels, this wasn't part of the notes, but I'm, I'll call them angels or something, and they clothe peace and righteousness, right? And um, God gives you something, I don't know, something, and so this is oatmeal for now. And um, typically, you probably eat oatmeal with a utensil or something. So if I say, uh, eat this, what are you probably going to ask? A spoon. All right, say it a little louder so they can hear. For a spoon. Did y'all hear that? Yeah. Okay. So she said, for a spoon. And what if I told you, Peace, that you already have the spoon? <laughs> She'd be like, what are you talking about? So revelation is recognizing something that's there, but you don't know it until it, again, until you see it. And this is what happened in staff meeting um, a few months ago, whenever I was wondering, God, how come whenever I start to have different revelations, I function in them better? And I want to say, peace, turn around. You have the spoon. So here it is. It was already in her possession, but she just didn't know it. All right? So uh, you can throw that away or something, but give it up for peace or eat it or I don't know. It may not, I don't know how it'll be. Yeah, so that's how it is um, talking about the... <laughs> Carrie and Luke, she didn't like your oatmeal. All right? <laughs> I know you should have done cereal. Okay. So, um... Sorry, you made me lose track. All right. Yeah, revelations are uncovering, unveiling. I remember in staff meeting, 
I'm sitting here. Uh, we have prayer before we have staff meeting. And there was a season where I'm like really tapping into the revelation, the understanding of the, our identity in Christ. And I'm beginning to hear God's voice a little clearer. And then there's other times where I've thought about that scripture. I think it's Romans 8, 11 or somewhere that says the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that lives in us and is able to give life to our mortal bodies. And then I would start to see like healing a little more. So anyways, you get what I'm getting at. Whenever you start to get these like understandings and it gets inside of you, when you know what you have, then you can use it. And that's what the Lord dropped in my spirit whenever I was sitting there in staff meeting thinking like, man, how come whenever this happens, I start to see more fruit? And that's what it is. When you know what you have, then you can begin to use it. Just like peace. She would, she didn't want to eat that oatmeal, you know, with her, just by herself. Uh, but whenever she discovered she had the spoon, she still didn't want it. But uh, you get what I'm getting at. <laughs> then you can start to use it and there's a better outcome. So that's the fullness of God. Now, how to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Again, this is filled with a Spirit series, and I'm not specifically talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, that experience. I'm just talking about the um, life of being filled with the Holy Spirit, just living a life of flowing with the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, demonstrating the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to give you three. There could be like 17, but... Hopefully you can take this part home if there's nothing else, especially the love of God that I'm going to get at at the end. Number one, abiding in his presence privately. So those are the things that we all come to church about, you know, right? Worship God, pray, speak with God, listen to God, get into his scripture, all those different things. So whenever we abide in him. Uh, the, the Bible says, I think it's in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, if you close your door and go to pray to your pro- father who's in secret, he will reward you openly. Very good. Publicly or openly. And John 15, if you abide in me, Jesus saying, you will bear much what? Fruit. Very good. So you get it. And abide simply means to dwell or remain. So whenever we dwell with him, we abide in him, and we spend time with him, then we're better off. Um, to the Julie Julie Futch in a staff meeting one time, I love the language how she said this. She 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 goes, whenever I spend time with God, I'm a better person to the earth. And who else is like that, right? You you get it, like you need Jesus, so because uh, love is hard, but it's a supernatural. Uh, here's number two: is abide in His presence corporately. So you got to abide in His presence privately, and then you got abide in His presence corporately. Now, what I mean by this, in Hebrews chapter 10, the word says, stirring each other up in love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of the saints, as is the habit of some. So whenever we come together, there actually really is a such thing as like a a corporate anointing. Something happens. Whenever Peter was preaching in uh, Acts, Acts 4, I think, the Holy Spirit fell on them right in the middle while he was preaching. He didn't wait for an altar call. The Holy Spirit just came and did mighty works. In 2020, some students are in here probably can remember this. It was November of 2020. Um, we had a supernatural experience in this facility, like in, in, this, in this room. Uh, we usually meet in the student center, the youth group, but we were meeting in here because of COVID stuff. 
And so in November of 2020, I don't remember the, Kelly knows a specific date, but um, this was a month in when I was here. I invited my friend to come speak to the youth group. His name is Pastor Tim Jones. And he said, there's a lady at your church named Julie Futch, and she's really prophetic, and she just really loves people. Uh, can I, I usually do ministry with her. Like, can I bring her? And I said, yeah, sure. And the next Sunday I met her very briefly, her and John. And I just, it was just such a kingdom thing. Like, I just trusted Pastor Tim. And then when I met her, I just knew, like, yeah, like, sure, like, come. So they come, and they share some stories, and they, and they teach the, the students. And then uh, they have all the students line up, and they pray over them. And I don't remember who was where, but I know there was one line for Pastor Tim and one line for Julie. And they're like, make sure you double dip so I get prayer twice and switch lines and stuff. And I kid you not, uh, I don't like to exaggerate stories. So some people say we stayed after for at least an hour and a half. I know it was at least an hour 15. So it was, we end youth group at 8 p.m. That's when parents start cussing me out. But um, we, <laughs> we end at 8 p.m. And then, uh, but that, that night, we did not lift until at least like 9.15. And what was going on was there were students all around just praying for one another, loving on one another, embracing one another. Uh, they would come up. I remember uh, Leif, and there was, uh, we had a, another lady who was helping at the time. Uh, she, they came up, and they would just play random spontaneous songs, and we'd have some soaking worship music in the background. And um, God was just moving. And, and then uh, by the time it was like 8.30, one of my leaders tapped me on the shoulder. He was like, hey, we got parents waiting outside. And so me and Lincoln Ogata, we go outside, and we're like, hey, God's moving. They'll be out as soon as possible. And then again, another 30 minutes, 45 minutes go by, and they're still here. And it was so, it was just supernatural. Um, because like, I would say, hey, they're, they're coming out as soon as possible. They're just texting on their phone. Okay. Uh, when, when usually they'd be like, get them out of here now and put my foot up, you know, so that, that type of thing. So, <laughs> um, but, but it, it was, it, it was amazing. And this is what's crazy. Was, <laughs> uh, here, here's what's wild. The next day, I woke up, and I've, I've never experienced this. You know, like, sometimes you feel the Holy Spirit, and you feel it in your stomach, because the Bible says, out of your belly, out of your heart, right, will flow the rivers of living water. I felt the Holy Spirit not only in me, but on me from my head to my toe. And it stayed on me for two days straight. It was, yeah, it was crazy. And one of the strange things about this, my wife Lindsay can testify to this, um, was my dog was sick. And he was walking around. The youth probably remember the story. And I picked him up, said a simple prayer. I wasn't expecting much. I said something about deliverance, and he burped and got healed. <laughs> I wish you were there. So um, it was it was it was wild. And I remember God was just like speaking to me, just in such like easy 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 clarity. And I was thinking, what is this? And I still don't fully comprehend what was going on. Uh, but there is something special whenever we all come together and exalt his name and just let him have his way. And that stuff gets on you. And whenever it gets on you, it's not just for a feely good. It's actually for service so that you can serve others and minister to others and empower one another. Um, and that, that's what it's for. I didn't know that. I, I prayed for my dog. I realized afterwards. So, yeah, it's amazing. So that's number two, abide in his presence corporately. And then number three, Obey God immediately. All right. 
So in John chapter 4, Jesus is talking to a woman at the well, Samaritan woman. And his disciples come up to him. They say, Rabbi, teacher, eat something. And you know his response? I have food that you know nothing about. And they go, who gave him food? And then his response is awesome. And he says, my food is to do the will of the Father who sent me and to finish his work. In other words, he was getting fed off of obeying God. And I know there's times whenever we're just doing ministry, we're doing stuff for God, and it feels like we're drained. And, and, and I get that. But then there's those moments where we're actually more filled, even if we're an extrovert. Like, we're, we're ready to steal the party uh, because we just saw God move. Has anyone been there before? Miles and Melanie were telling me last week that whenever they were praying for people in the village one time, they prayed and prophesied over folks for 13 hours straight. I don't know how that's possible, but with God, all things are possible. So that was supernatural. 30 minutes in, we all would have got a snack and went to bed. So, but they're doing it for 13 hours straight. And so that's the thing is like whenever we obey God and we're doing his will, uh, he actually can charge us and fill us up. And we get excited to continue to do more and more and more when we obey those ramas. Uh Worship team, you can come back up. Go with me to Revelation chapter 2, 1 through 5. This is, this is what I really want to get at. There are people in the first service that um, came up, talked, and um, this, this, this part really had touched uh, some folk in a specific way. And maybe there's people in this service that you really need to hear what I'm about to share at the, towards the end. So... Revelation 2, 1 through 5, talking about returning to your first love. This is John writing to the church in Ephesus, you know, from Jesus Christ, you know, Lord giving him this revelation. And I just think it's fascinating how Paul writes in Ephesians that you would know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. And then John writes that you've forsaken your first love. The very thing that they were supposed to do is what they actually forsake. So this is what it says. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. So again, Jesus talking to the church in Ephesus, whether it's literal or symbolic. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience, and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Some theologians and scholars say that the lampstand represents the light of God, which is like the influence, your fruit, like what you demonstrate, what you show, what you bear uh, to men. And so there's probably, so maybe there's people in here this morning where you're in this category where you were working, you're working so much for God that it actually replaced God. And you're doing the things that, you, that, that you're supposed to do, right? But it's actually replaced your first love. 
And there could be folks in here this morning that you're all about, you know, the, the whole heresy hunter thing. Like you're all about exposing your neighbor as they expose those folks that you actually forgot how to love your neighbor. And your motive started pure, but it just got off a little bit. And so again, I believe that the Lord is just in this hour calling us to come back to the love of Christ that passes, passes uh, knowledge about Christ. So let's all stand up. I'm going to share a story and then just speak some things. And So almost three years ago, uh, two summers ago, Lindsay and I, my wife and I, we went to Springfield, Illinois, where I'm originally from, and we went to go see my family, and I hadn't been there in 20, however many years. It's been a long time since I've been to Springfield. So we see my sisters, and we see one of my sisters who I'd actually never met before, and I got to meet her. And we didn't know if my mom would be there or not. My dad and my mom were never married, but my dad would say stuff like, man, you know, your mama crazy, and but he would never give examples. Well, whenever we went to Springfield, my aunts started giving me examples uh, because we, we got separated into different foster homes whenever we were younger because my mom went to jail and my dad couldn't take care of all of us. So they were like, yeah, your mom, she chopped one of her boyfriend's fingers off, stabbed one of her boyfriends in the neck, shot another guy. And then they were telling me that she has schizophrenia, bipolar, long-term depression, like all of these different things. So now they're giving me language. And again, we didn't know if we would see her or not. Sure enough, a few minutes go by and she's there and she just hugs Lindsay. And Lindsay's like, she's seen pictures of her, but she didn't know. And she's like, oh, I guess this is Fontez's mom. So here she is. And then I say, hey, you know, I'll give her a hug. And she smiles. And the first thing that comes out of her mouth is that, how come, I just want to know, how come I wasn't invited to the wedding? And I said, well, you, in, in a way, like you were, but I couldn't get a hold of you because she didn't have a phone. So like there was no way to get a hold of her. And she said, come here. So she takes me to the bathroom. The bathroom didn't last. She actually was keeping it closed with her foot. And then she started running sink water and pulling tissue out. I didn't receive a word of knowledge. This was just my street smart, uh, yeah, street smarts in the past. I already knew what was about to happen. She was going to start punching me, beating me, and then wipe up the blood. So these thoughts then start running through my head. She's a woman. She is my mom. And she fights like a man. Like she was literally just telling me, and Lindsay can testify to this, she was in the other room terrified, probably peeing down her pants, was, she was like, man, I just got done knocking this dude out from Memphis, and I'm about to show you, and just cussing me out and getting into me, just letting it, letting it loose on me. So I get those thoughts, and then I'm thinking, what am I going to do? And I'm sitting down, uh, she makes me sit down on the, on the toilet, and so I thought, well, what would Jesus do? And by default, it wasn't this profound revelation. The angel didn't walk into the room. Um, what happened was, I felt like he said he would teleport to the wall. No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> there's times where he did disappear. But, uh, he, but he would love. By default, God is love. He would love. So I thought, okay, 
someone strikes you on one cheek and give them the other, uh, I guess I'm about to just take this whooping. So I stand up and I thought, at least let me protect myself if I'm going to start getting hit on, you know, by my, by my mom. I really believe this was supernatural. I don't have the full comprehension of what took place. Again, I know she has schizophrenia. She was not intimidated by me, but it was weird. Literally, I had the thought he would love. I stand up, and she's still just going in, and then she just changes. Literally, the moment I stand up, she goes, you're my boy, you're my boy, starts crying, and I just embrace her. And I, and I, I want to give you that picture that maybe there's people in here where you've spoken against God, uh, you've denied God, you've blasphemed his name, whatever it might have been, and you're thinking, he's just mad at you. But really, he's like, I love you. And he's ready to embrace you. And there may be people in here who have never come to God. Or maybe you have, and that was the past, and you're like, I'm, 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 I want to go deeper with the Lord. I want this love of Christ that this guy is talking about. You know, there'll be people up here to pray with you. You can stay after service even. You can come up to the altar and pray. But I want to say that God, he's really not mad at you. He, he's right here. He's just ready to embrace you and love on you and care for you. And then as I was driving earlier this week, um, I know there was some confirmations in the first service about this, what I'm about to say. But I really felt like the Lord impressed upon my heart. There was a season in my life where I did feel like I did something wrong. And there's times when sin gets into our life, it muddies the water and, you know, and it hinders us. But then there's other times where we didn't do anything wrong, but God's just doing a new thing. So there may be some people in here, you used to hear God's voice a certain way. You used to do this or that a certain way. And it stopped. And you're not flowing that way anymore. And you're thinking you did something wrong. There was a lady in the first service, she said for 15 years, uh, she had been going through that. And then there was another person who said they had, hadn't gotten dreams in like years, maybe decades. And then they had a dream this morning. So I want to say that God's not mad at you. He's just doing a new thing. This actually happened to me a few years ago where I would hear his voice a certain way and then it just stopped. And then I remember being set free from sin, so I realized, like, okay, it's not the sin. He's actually speaking to me in another way, but I'm so used to the old way that I made the old way idolatry. And what he wants you to do is trust him, not your gifting. He wants you to trust him and the spirit that is in you, who's greater is, you know, he who's in you than he's in the world, uh, more than just what he's given you. So if there's anyone here this morning where you're still in that place of condemnation, like, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? I want to say, God's not mad at you. Uh, he's actually just doing a new thing. He's speaking to you still. Uh, because what would happen was I started leaning into God. I see that you're still speaking. It's just how I'm not used to it. And then he would pull out the old ways too and bring the fullness and so that he would bring it back. Let's just like that lady in the first service hadn't had dreams in years and then just had a dream. And even if he doesn't bring it back, the goal is to trust him and to live for him and to love him and receive his love and give it back to people uh, more than anything else. So let's pray.
God, I pray that you would do a deep work, inner work in our hearts. God, here we are. We're just here uh, to receive. God, I just remember that as I was praying earlier this week, just in that posture of having our hands out saying, God, here we are. We're, we're here waiting for your orders, uh, waiting for your commands, waiting for you to tell us whatever you want to do. God, we, we love you. We just want to obey you, serve you. As Joe Boucher said, just listen and obey. That's as simple as that. So Lord, I pray that you would move us to obedience. If you're telling us to draw nearer to you, God, I pray that you would open up our hearts, that we would receive your grace. Lord, if you're telling us to forgive somebody, God, we can't do that on our own strength, that we need your supernatural power to do that. So we ask you for your mercy and your help. And Lord, we just thank you, God, that um, you're with us in our ever-present time of need. I love you, Dad. In Jesus' precious name, amen.
heard your children then, you hear your children now. You are the same God, you are the same God. You answered prayers back then, and you will answer now. You are the same God, you are the same God. You were providing then. Providing now, you are the same God. You are the same God. You moved in power then. Come move in power now. You are the same God. You are the same God. You are a healer then. You are a healer now. You. measure, Lord. Fill us afresh. We need you to fill us afresh. We need you every hour, Holy Spirit. We cannot do this without you. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're falling afresh again. Lord, we lift our arms to you. your prayer this morning. Sing that again. Come and fill me. Come and fill me again. Come and fill me. Come and fill me again. Come, Lord. You Spirit, come and fill 
just give honor and praise and glory right now to the Holy Spirit. We just want more of your presence, God, and whatever that looks like, even if it makes some of us uncomfortable. Lord, I'm probably the one it makes the most uncomfortable at times. And so, Lord, we just repent for parts of our heart that have grown cold. If that's you, just put your hand on your heart. We repent for ways that we don't depend on you enough. We repent for ways, Lord, that our spirits are asleep and not awake. And so we just say we we want you to fall afresh. Come awaken us, Lord, to live more in power. Um, Lord, there's so much more of your spirit Lord, that um, we we need to be responsible and accountable to, and we just want you to flow in and through us for your glory and your name and your fame. Lord, wake us up to receive more of your glory. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. So we're going to dismiss now, but our, the band's going to continue to minister. I want you to stay in this posture. If you feel like you want to receive more of the Lord, there are people that would love to pray for you. Go pick up your children and bring them back into this environment. We're just going to keep just pressing into the Lord. Feel free to just stay in this posture with us because I want more of the spirit here at this church. Is that your prayer? I want more of him in my life. I need more of him. I need more of him. I feel a conviction this morning to have more of him than I ever have. And we want more of him here. So let's just continue to call on him and press in. Yeah, and as we, as we press in, again, go get your kids. You can bring them in or you can go. But I felt like earlier this year, as I was interceding for my neighborhood, that he asked me to release joy over the neighborhood. And then uh, I feel like he was saying that this is going to be a summer of joy. So if there's anyone in here that you're saying this has been a terrible summer or maybe it's been an increase of joy in, in this summer, whatever it is, if you're like, I need a breakthrough in joy, uh, definitely come up for prayer in that category. And I just feel the joy of the Lord um, over the service. So, yeah, I just ask the Holy Spirit that you would release your joy, be a glory bomb of joy, just cover your people. And as we press in more into you and to your spirit, we do pray, come have your way. We want more of you, more of your fruit, God, more of your gift, more of your love, God, and just who you are. So we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. to grow in your walk with Jesus. If you made a decision to follow Jesus for the first time today, please reach out to us. We would love to help you take your next step. Please visit our website for information on upcoming events and how you can connect with the COS family. There is also a prayer request form where you can let us know how we can pray for you. Thanks again for tuning in. Hope to see you next.